In this podcast series presented by Boss, we journey into the lives of inspiring creators, artists, and athletes, unearthing the pivotal moments that shape them into the unique bosses and leaders that they are today. Join us as we go behind the boss. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Raven Smith. Welcome to the premiere episode of Behind the Boss. My first ever guest is Law Roach, the image architect behind some of the best red carpet looks you've seen in recent years. He works with Zendaya. She is one of the most amazingly dressed women on the planet, and we're going to really talk about her style and how that is constructed with her. He also works with Celine Dion. Again, an absolute legend, need I say more. He is a man of the TV. He has been on Legendary, and he's also been one of the judges on America's Next Top Model. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so it's much. a total honour to have you here Very today. well, okay. I have a zillion questions, but I thought uh-huh. we should start at the beginning. Just mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your upbringing in Chicago mm-hmm. and falling in love with clothes. Yeah, well, I think I, I always give it um, to, my, to my family, my grandmothers. Um, they, had, they both had their own ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, on Saturday night to prepare for church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being so, like, entranced with with this processes that they would go through. What's the process? So it was, you know, it was, you know, they would take a bath and, mm. you know, put rollers and curlers in their hair and paint their nails and, mm. and lay out the clothes, you know, choose the outfit for the next morning and the accessories and everything was pressed and st- you know, ironed, we ironed back then. <laughs> so yeah. those, all those things, you know, was done. And I, I just used to watch that week out the weekend and the way they transformed, you know, when they put the dress on and, mm. and everything was the makeup and the lipstick and the final spray of perfume. It mm. was, and the, and the way, I, I think what I was seeing was the, the power that fashion had to transform someone and yeah. transform them. And um and the way they walked out after the process was complete and yeah. I just thought that I just remember that and remember watching the way the strut changed and the way the head went a bit higher and mm. it, it really impacted me. <laughs> I don't want to go straight to Zendaya, but uh-huh. like, where do you start dressing someone who likes Zendaya or putting putting that mm-hmm. architecturing that uh-huh. outfit? Well, you know, she and I have been together for so long mm. now so it's 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 really really easy you know um i know her like the back of my hand and she she me you know um mm. so our the way we collaborate is a bit different because you know it's my longest collaboration how, wait how old was she when you met her i met her when she was 13 yeah, turning okay. 14 yeah so real like baby disney yeah baby disney <laughs> it was the first it was the first season of shake it up wow. when we met yeah so I've been with her for a long time. So, and how has her approach changed? Well, I, I think you know, me meeting her and starting with her when she's so young. Like mm. I've been there as she's grown and and become a woman. So yeah. of course, you know, uh, the decisions and the input that a twenty five year old woman is going to be totally different from a thirteen year old girl. Mm. So you know, we you know. It's just been a growth, a beautiful, a beautiful story. Where do we go with this? There's so many different strands to, be to being a young black woman yeah. and you being a black man in this industry. A and young black woman as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these two young black Thelma and Louise's you know, making their way through women. fashion. Yeah, yeah. but the, I mean, there's, that is a, a factor in every aspect of that process of going from where she's 
where you've both been to where you are now. Yeah. No, it was, it was tough. It yeah. was really tough in the beginning. Um, no one knew, knew me at all, and mm. people really didn't care about her. Um, and, you know, us both coming into the industry with the realness of, of being black, mm. you know, it was, you know, who's this this black boy from Chicago that's asking for these dresses for, you know, this little black girl from Oakland that yeah. we don't care about. So yeah. that that dynamic and that dilemma really um, was tough in the beginning. But I, I think you, well, I know what your strategy was for yeah. dressing. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about sure. it? Sure. So, yeah. you know, I came, I came to this industry not without having a, a mentor or, you know, people n- from no one's lineage. You yeah. know, I was never an assistant or intern. So, I just had to learn the game, basically. Yeah. And what I learned is that it wasn't so much um, that people didn't like us. It mm. was, you know, the the name of the game is putting the dress on a girl who can get them the most press. Yeah. And so what I did in the beginning is I would only put her in things that other people had worn already. Yeah. Because back then, the weeklies... Uh, Us Weekly and all, they did Who Wore It Best. Mm. And people paid attention to that. And the the designers paid attention to that. And so I would do that. And I did it once. And, you know, she won. It was like 92% to 8, like Zendaya. And so I was like, okay, so let me keep doing this. And it worked. People started to pay attention to this girl, this young girl who was like in the weeklies every week. Yeah. wearing these clothes better than, you know, people twice her age. So often with fashion, the, the cardinal rule is to wear something someone else has worn. But your strategy is to do exactly that. Yeah. Because the comparison creates the story. It creates the story and it created buzz. Yeah. And and yeah, and it worked. People started to really, really pay attention. What's interesting about someone like Zendaya is, mm-hmm. it must be hard to manage that. I mean, obviously women have lots of expectations of mm-hmm. how they should look, mm-hmm. but it must be hard to keep pushing out of the expected because she does something that is like oh well every time i think what's beautiful about us we've kind of just become storytellers Mm. it's not always about the clothes it's about the story we're trying to tell yeah and we have a partnership and i'm big ideas and she's small details that's Mm. what we call each other Mm. um and so i'll come with this big script like this girl she's this and this dress is this <laughs> and and she'll yeah. take that and and she'll tailor it to her yeah you know so it's about the story it's, it's always about the story if you if you pay attention to the work you'll see references in almost everything we do like nothing is just you know just because it was a great dress yeah it's the hair it's the hair it's the makeup it's you know yeah. the way she the way she emotes when she gets to the carpet order she becomes Whoever, whoever the story is, and the story is privately between us. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. And she'll, she'll, she'll go and she'll be whoever that girl is or whoever we think she is. Let's just go back a bit more to the beginning. What if anyone gave you good advice when you were starting out? Uh-huh. Well, I, a woman um, that became kind of like a, a mother figure to me. I was still in Chicago and I was still bartending and mm-hmm. I would come to LA on the weekends and then go back or during the week. I was actually come during the week and then go back on the weekend so I can bartend yeah. to support myself. And she just told me, she said, um, if you're going to win the game, you have to be in the stadium. Mm. And and when she said that, it just, it just <laughs> rang so loud to mm. me. Um, so maybe a couple months later, I moved to LA and um, it's like, okay. If I'm gonna, that's if it. I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna win the game, let's I gotta play win ball. Game. Yeah, I think there's this like common sort of 
feeling of trying to be everywhere all the time. But I think it's I think it's smart to just be in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to come to LA because that's where that's where the industry was for me. A lot of people get like an intern that yeah. while they're getting supported or an assistant, and then yeah, progress from there. I just but didn't have the opportunity in. to do it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have. Or, you know, when I came, I came to work. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't necessarily come to learn. I mm. learned while working. I learned mm. on, the, on the job, you know. Mm. So I just didn't have the opportunity. I didn't know anybody like, hey, can you teach me this? Or can I unpack boxes for you? And yeah. I, I just thought, I thought that I was ready, you know, and I would figure it out because I'm from Chicago and I have a, a hustler spirit. Mm-hmm. So you can put me in anywhere and I'm, I'm going to figure it out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's what I did, right? Hustler spirit is... Yeah. Is the one. Yeah. Apart from kind of your, was it your grandma getting ready mm-hmm. on a Sunday? Who were your other inspirations at the time? Um, You know, it's funny because I was always really inspired. I don't know what, I don't know where I saw like Cher and Charlie's Angels and mm. Grace Jones. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't pinpoint the exact moment when I saw them or how I saw them or how I was introduced to them. Um, because we didn't, we didn't. We didn't read fashion magazines in my house. We were we had Essence and Ebony. Yep. You know, we had those. Mm-hmm. You know, but we didn't get Vogue and Harper's and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out like when this happened. But it's like I just feel like Cher and Grace Jones have always been in my mind and in the back of my head and in my repertoire. For, and yeah. I just don't know how or when I was introduced to that. They're like celestial beings. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they right. are. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're gods. Yeah, and I got a chance to dress Grace Jones. Did you? I did. How did that go? It was. Can I curse? It was fucking amazing. <laughs> I don't think you can. <laughs> it was freaking bleeping amazing. It was bleeping fantastic. Yeah. How do you walk into a fitting with Grace uh, Jones? With so much anxiety. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so she walked in the show. Mm-hmm. That we did um, in Paris, and she um, and I had to go and take her clothes and 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 have a fitting with her yeah. and, and style her. Yeah, and it was incredible. It was just she's everything that you've ever fantasized her being. Yeah, yeah, even at seventy. Yeah, part of my fantasy of Grace Jones is that she's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I love about her. Yeah, she, she doesn't was, really mince her words. She was incredible, and she we came and she. Came out the room, you know, bare chested with a glass of champagne. Did she? Absolutely. Oh, I'm so absolutely. Re- <laughs> absolutely. It was so iconic. Yeah. It was so iconic to the point that when I left, I went to the bar um, and I cried. Yeah. Like I literally cried. I feel I've got chills yeah. just thinking about that for you. Yeah. But it's Grace Jones. It's Grace Jones. Um, when you go into when you're doing a thing for Grace Jones do you just have like a one look in mind and you hope that she loves it or do you have a rail of 20 oh, no, and you're we, just like we had think- a full rail and I just yeah. kind of like let her go to the rail and I just step back yeah okay yeah it was her <laughs> journey through the garments yeah and you, then, were- you know she actually brought me into it and you know asked me what I thought and everything and I was I stuttered like a child yeah um yeah it was it was it was so beautiful and I think I cried because you know what this job has done for me and Mm. taken me you know that was never a it was I just wanted to meet her like I just wanted to be in the room with her and for me to actually physically touch her and and to say that I dressed her yeah you know she's on everybody's mood board every photo shoot every you know what I mean so just to have gratitude to what 
this job has done for me and where it's taken me yeah. is is what brought me to tears, I think. And I also think, of course, you work with brilliant people, but you don't necessarily, in your career, assume you're going to work with your bleeping icon. No. <laughs> Celine Dion, same. Yeah. Celine Dion. Yeah. You brought yeah. her up, so I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me about working with Celine Dion. You know, I've been really fortunate to work with like a few of the divas, you yeah. know. I, I've worked <laughs> with myself. Mariah as well. I, I, I yeah. did Mariah for a minute, you yeah. know. Celine was, I think when it, when people think about my career, they think about Zendaya and Celine Dion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was a dream that I had never dreamt. And I got a call and my manager at the time was, uh, basically said, Celine, you know, I got to call Celine wants to speak to you. And I'm like, Celine who? <laughs> and, you know, and she was so casual about it. She was like, Celine Dion. I said, what? <laughs> like, wait, 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 back up. Like, I had her replay the entire phone conversation. Yeah. Like, what did they say? Mm. Tell me everything word by word. And mm. it was just like, and when I met her, <laughs> and when I met her, you know, she invited me to to, to show in Vegas and to, you know, um, and then I met her after the Billboard Awards. Yeah. And uh, we talked about fashion, and it was it was really funny because um, I came in a room, and she said she was sitting on the sofa, and she said in her dressing room, she said, um, "Have a seat." And I was like, and it was only I could only sit next to her, and I was like, <laughs> "Next to you?" And she said, "Yeah, is that okay?" I said, "Is it okay for you?" Yeah. So it was just like this this thing, and she was she was quite kind and. We had a really good conversation. But you're part of the reason that we are giddy about her again. Because Mm -hmm. she was Celine Dion, you know, the singer. Yeah. People loved her, Titanic. Yeah. And then... And then someone put her in a Titanic top and everyone was talking about her relentlessly. Yeah, and the thing about it is when I met... So after that meeting, I got a call the next day and it was like, Celine would like you to come to Paris with her for a couple months and just do her everyday wardrobe. So I'm like, cool. Okay, fine. So, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And so I went and my first fitting lasts probably like six, seven hours. Yeah. She tried on every single piece of clothes that I brought. And we, she laughed and I was just like, and then I got a chance to see the way she interacted with the clothes. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, she's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I fell in love with her as this other being that we never got a chance to see. And so what I wanted to do, what I made my mission was for people to understand that she wasn't as old as we thought she was mm-hmm. because she had been around so long. So you, you, you know, I was like, Celine's what, 60, yeah. you know, and she wasn't, mm. she's, you know, a couple years younger than Holly Berry and, yeah. and JLo, you know, and, I, and, and when you put it in that, in that perspective, you, yeah. I, I wanted the world to see her yeah. for, you know, where she was in her life and and her love for clothes and fashion. Yeah. Yeah, she taught me so much. Mate, I I feel like she has so much fun with her clothes. She loves them. Yeah. She loves them and she collects them and she cherishes them and she archives everything she wears. She owns everything she wears. Even when I would borrow something, she would go back and she would buy it, not only because she wanted it, but she also knows that she's a big supporter of the industry of fashion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um... And, and she's she's very cognizant of that. So she, if she if it, they'll sell it to her, she'll buy it. You yeah, know. Yeah. So she's putting back into into a place that she really loves a lot. What does she teach you? So um, this is a, this is a great story. I don't know if I ever told this story out loud, but she taught me how to how to see every flaw in something in seconds. 
because what was happening, I would fit her, and she's done a million fittings, right? So she'll put on a dress, and she'll tell you everything that's wrong with the dress. She's like, well, the hem needs to come up, and the waist needs to come in, and the arms are a little, the the sleeve is a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was, that happened a couple times, so I felt useless in a way. So Mm -hmm. I trained myself to be able to see it before she saw it. Yeah. So I would come in and we'll do a fit and I'll be like, oh, 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 the hem is too long. I was like, can we take the waist in and the, can we bring the arm up mm. in the collar? So so I had to be quicker than her so that I can impress her, in yeah. my opinion, and so also that I can add value to the situation. Yeah. So now when I, when I put a dress on, I can see it in seconds, you see the nips and tucks. I can see away. it all right away, and you know, and I think my clients are are really impressed a, 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 with my eye for detail, and I, I got that from Celine. Just tell me about the Titanic top, though. Sure. Was it just was it on a big rail, and you were like, maybe she'll go towards it like an iceberg? So <laughs> what happened was that it was sold out. Um, we're talking about the the Vetma mm-hmm. ti- Titanic that it's like Leon Rose. Yeah, Leon Rose. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so it was yeah. so I I had an idea and. It was and so I tried to find it. I tried to buy it. It was yeah. nowhere. So I yeah. wrote, I wrote them, and they gave me one out of the archive. Yeah, and I literally had it for a couple of weeks, and it was sitting there. And I was like, you know what, I'm break because I thought she was gonna think it was, you know, too campy. Yeah, it's a real fine. Yeah. the brilliance of it was the fact that she wore it without it feeling like she was taking yeah. the the mick out of. Yeah, it, she. It was like it's. It was irreverent and reverent at the same time. So I so I finally worked up enough courage. My name was just like a week into, yes. into my new job, right? I don't even want to lose my job. Yeah. So I uh, so I, I showed it to her one day and I was like, what do you think about this? Mm. And I was like, would you wear it? She's like, well, I'm going to wear it today. Yeah, okay. Just like she that. She just knows. Just like that. So we put it on with some jeans, a pair of jeans. And um, I think she was wearing some Gucci shoes and a, 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 I forgot what the bag was. Um and yeah. she wore it and, and she, she walked was... out and the world went crazy. To in my opinion, it was one of the first viral yeah. fashion moments on social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the first time people had like we, you know, there was a, a moment like that. Yeah, but it's such a savvy um styling choice in the same way it's savvy to dress Zendaya like other people. It's a master stroke in yeah. getting people talking about it. Yeah. But it's not it doesn't detract from the thing itself. Yeah. It comes from a place of not caring what people will say or think right mm-hmm. it comes of a place from a place of just enjoying the work yeah you know and 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 knowing and my ultimate goal is to make whoever I'm dressing feel good mm-hmm. you know it's not always people get confused and it's like oh you have to make them look good but for me it's about the way I make them feel mm-hmm. and if they feel good they'll look good and so that's that's really what it, what it, what everything I'm not sitting around like oh we're gonna go viral or yeah it's really like this is something that may turn into a story or may not, but when she put it on, she felt it. She loved it. Yeah. She she thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And it was close it was close to the twenty year anniversary of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it made sense. I think there's just two types of viral. One is like baits you because it's kind of salacious mm-hmm. or or rude or mm-hmm. nearly naked. Yeah. And one is because it's Genius. Yeah. Well, it was 2017, so it's so yeah. that's changed. But yeah, I like to. Yes. I'm gonna claim it. Like I gave the world the first viral fashion okay, moment. Tick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and many more since. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about deliciously vintage? Sure. Where did this idea come from, and how did it help? It came from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So my grandma after church, I gave you the ritual before church. Uh, my grandma Eloise, but after church, it just it's so nostalgic for me. Like 
we'll go to church. She'll put dinner in a crock pot, mm-hmm. you know, a <laughs> slow cook. Um, and so after church, <laughs> can I just say your eyes rolled like you were tasting yeah, the most amazing yeah, thing it's, ever? It's, 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 the memories, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, after church, we would go to thrift stores, mm-hmm. and she called it junking. She was like, "We're going to go junking." Yeah. Um, and so she collected salt and pepper shakers and and plates, and and then she'll go to the, the and maybe find a dress or yeah. you know a, a handbag or something. And I just watched that, you know, and yeah. I and I watched that, and so it left me for a while, but you know, I. I end up back in the thrift store because, you know, I wanted to find something cool for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, go through that vintage stage. And um, I actually started picking up things for, you know, dresses here and there, a handbag here and there. And I had this collection and then I started to sell it to my friends. Yeah. And then that led into, you know, the brick and mortar store in Chicago. And my fashion career, really. Is that the one that Kanye came yeah. to? Okay. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah. It was great, you yeah. know. Kanye in in two thousand nine, uh-huh. the Amber Rose era, a glorious era. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. I mean, he. So that that visit put us on. You know, TMZ picked it up, and all these story people yeah. wrote all these stories about it. And so stylists would call. Mm. It was like, hey, I saw you know, I saw Kanye was there. You know, what do you have? You know, yeah. uh, from around the world. Like, do you have? You know, do you have anything like? You know, whatever, and so that's what that's what made me understand that stylist was a re- being a stylist was a real job. Yeah, yeah. What's like the most high pressure situation you've been in? They all high pressure situations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always something. You know, like the dress is on its way from Paris, and FedEx yeah. has lost the box. Yeah, or yeah. There's a storm in Texas, and so you know, it's um, it's always something. It's yeah. always something. Always something. Do you have a big team that helps you manage that, or is it I just? Do. There's no way I can. You know, I run a a global business. Yeah. my business is global, and yeah. you know, I'm really <laughs> proud to say that it's a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. and so yeah, I have a huge team. I have yeah. people who give me so much. I have assistants that that give me so much of their life and deal with the pressure with me. Yeah, um, that I really really appreciate, and I can't do it without them. It's incredible that you've got this. I mean, I know everyone who's successful has a multi-million dollar business, but you don't, like, come from a life of privilege. No privilege at all. None. Not one single piece of... Not one (laughs) crumb of privilege. Yeah, but all that interning is paid for by someone's parents, you know? Hopefully. (laughs) And that's... Again, one of the the problems I think in my industry is the, the people who can afford to come somewhere yeah. and work for free for years to, to learn the craft. You know, they look a certain type of way. Yeah. You know, people. There's I don't know any kids from where I'm from that that they can come and move to LA and and not work. You mm-hmm. know, the whole thing about getting the experience is that's your experience. Yeah, that's you yeah. know. So it's a there's a, a a huge discrepancy, for lack of a better word, of who get the opportunities to learn this job. Yeah, and you know, and to become successful at it. Isn't it normal that people hire people that re- look like, look like them? Absolutely. So, so it kind of continues the it continues the cycle. How do you feel that can be challenged, or what do you do in your general practice that it changes the shape of? Well, anytime I get an opportunity look. to talk about it, it's like, mm. you know, if you are in a position of power or privilege, mm. give that to someone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. It's it's kind of simple when you think about it. Give those opportunities to someone who doesn't look like you, who 
does not come from where you come from. Yeah. I'm hoping that this this kind of this movement towards different body shape, well, more normal body shape yeah. and more diversity within casting. I hope it's just not a trend. Yeah. That's my fear. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of it, yeah. That's my fear about all of it. Yeah. Do you have any other fears? I don't have any fears. You you talk about there being no fear. Mm-hmm. Tell me about fear in your childhood. What like I mean, I had like real fears, like fears of not where knowing I'm going to sleep or mm. knowing where my next meal is going to come from at certain points, you know. So getting to 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 Hollywood, like I just I don't have any I just don't have any fears. But I also I don't have a fear of failing. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I said this in another interview, like. I'm know where I'm from. Like I can go back there, and I'll figure out another way of being successful yeah. if this doesn't work out for me. Yeah, you know, I just I just don't have any fear. Like I I know um, I'm also a, a Oprah said it a master manifester. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I can see and visualize and feel on the inside things that I want, and it'll come to me. Yeah. So feel I never have a feeling of failure or yeah. fear. You know, so it's just like. It's it's actually a quite beautiful thing, you know, as I'm saying it out loud. It's like, I just don't, I'm not afraid of it, mm. you know. I'm not afraid of success. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm not, um, I'm not afraid of anything. I know that you didn't have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. or yeah. resources, but you don't strike me as having had an unhappy time. I mean, the thing about growing up in, in an environment and the way I grew up is, it was the it was the normal. Yeah, like you didn't know that. Yeah, you know. What I mean, you, I mean, you'll see things on television, and you knew you didn't have those things. But you know, you you grew up a certain type of way, and then your friends grew up the same type of way. Yeah, so yeah, your yeah. community was all the same. You know, I I had a friend, a best friend that we didn't even like our other friends. We didn't even know that they didn't have a refrigerator. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was it wasn't yeah. until the the. You know, until they, I was spending a night and like, oh, go out on the window on the ledge because we live in Chicago, it's, you know, cold and get the milk. You know, so it's like, <laughs> not I'm funny, like, we but like, like, makes sense. We like, that's the best way to they keep didn't something have a cold. Refrigerator. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just you were so busy living, living, you didn't know. I, I didn't know that it was it was as bad as it was. Yeah, and until I got out of it and looked back, I'm like, oh. I've been through some things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it must be quite affirming to know that you can survive adversity for want of a better yeah. way yeah. to describe it. I guess it I guess you can say it's a fear. Maybe I do have a fear. I have a fear of going back there. Yeah. You know, I have a fear of um of being poor again. Yeah. You know. But I work so that ain't gonna happen. But even yeah, and I think there's something about when I'm not working, that I feel like I should be working. Yeah, all the time. Like I want to. Yeah. Like I don't want to stop. Doesn't matter what I've not, achieved. I'm I don't want to stop. All the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about race. Um, you have achieved things that a lot of black men have. I don't know many other image architects who are kind of like. Well, there's only one because <laughs> I own the trademark for it. I'm the only one in the world because I own the trademark. Yeah. It's, a, it's a trademark title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a lot. It's not. It's not a lot of us at all. You mm-hmm. know, if if you look at it in the context of celebrity styling in Hollywood, mm-hmm. only a not even a whole handful. Yeah. What's your advice for anyone who looks more like us trying to get into the industry? If you have the the 
ability and the resources to take the route of working for somebody or interning for somebody who you respect mm. and who you like their work and you want to learn the business from them, then take take that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. Like what? Well, financially yeah. was the biggest ones. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't understand about taxes. Mm -hmm. So my first year I made a, a decent sum of money and I didn't pay any taxes. Okay. And then when I got the tax bill, I'm like, oh I'll pay it <laughs> yeah, when like, I make it again. Gosh. And it doesn't yeah, work like that. No. You know, so financially I made I made a bunch of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that does come from like not having money when you're growing up. You don't like like pe rich people know how to manage right. we didn't have cash and they also don't have to worry about and nobody spending paid in the same way taxes when i was growing up like tax return season was like <laughs> you know it's like when people got their tax money they tax but that yeah, you know sorry, that's back. what i thought it was you know but no you were like wait this is and a I went bill to, i literally <laughs> went to i went to the atm one time and i had no money in my account yeah and so i went you know panicking like somebody Fraud. They saw my money and yeah. they were like, "Have a seat." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Hang on." They was like, "No, the IRS has your money." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a, a lesson. Okay, good. Good to like, pay your taxes, kids. <laughs> pay your taxes. Um, what do you think is the kind of key personality trait that's got you where you are today? Confidence. Mm. Yeah. Um. I, I I have always been confident. Yeah. Like even growing up, you know, being you know, a really feminine boy mm -hmm. around the people I grew up with. Like, I've always been myself. Yeah. Like, like to the point, I did a, um, I did a special, and it was a coming out special. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, the producer was like, you've actually never came out. I was mm -hmm. like, I was actually never in. Yeah. You know, so I've always lived in my truth. I've always been the same type of person. I've always had these mannerisms, but I, but I would also, you know, fight. <laughs> you know, so I was still no fear again. Yeah. You know, and I think the confidence is what made people in my neighborhood and the guys in my neighborhood want to protect me because you know I was uh, rare. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just talk quickly about a bit of image architecture. Mm -hmm. What What are the key components to putting a look together? Mm -hmm. Well, it's for me. It always starts with the energy of who whoever I'm dressing. Yeah. Right. Um, and you you learn you 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 know it's, it only takes like maybe one fitting with me. So this is my process. When I get a new client, mm -hmm. I'll have a huge fitting yeah. the first time. Like there'll be rails and rails and rails and rails. Yeah. And I, I ask them to go to the rails and go through every rail and pull out everything they love. Yeah. But also pull out things that they hate. Yeah. That they will never wear. I'm like, take it off the rail, show it to me, tell me you hate it, and let's talk about why you hate it. Yeah. So what what it is, and it, that takes. That takes time, right, to do all that. So we're learning each other. I'm learning them at yeah, the same yeah. time. They they're getting a chance to feel my energy and and be around my energy and and me theirs. Mm. And then I'm also watching the nonverbal cues. Yes. When when they pick up a dress, they like I I see you know the excitement or I, I see a little twinkle or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just watching all those things and I'm I'm you know logging it into into my brain. Yeah. Like okay, she likes blue. Yeah. Or, you know, this she likes a longer skirt or like she hates green. And so <laughs> the next the next fitting is a little bit more tailored. Right. Yeah. So I'm bringing things that I kind of felt that they like. And so when they come, they're like, oh, I love 20 out of yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 dresses. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. What happens next? Where does this all go? Um, You know, I want to I want to really, really do um, some collaborations where. 
the people get a chance to feel me and to yeah. and to know meaning like you know I still feel like I'm hugging and helping the masses. Yeah, like I want to dress the masses. Like yeah. I want to dress all the girls. So you know I am very I'm a niche, right? Mm-hmm. You know I'm, you know I'm, I do this really high yeah caliber level thing. Yeah, but I want to I want to be there for the people. Like I want to be. In in there with yeah. the people, so I'm I'm looking to do some of those this year, like some collaborations like that, and I also I also have a dream of being a creative creative director of a house. Great, yeah, I really want to do it. <laughs> I really want to do Put, it. I want to try it. Get you know? a bag on the seat, so like yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, that I mean, it's like the dream, right? Yeah, you just. I be... think it's the transition, right? If you if you do it, you hit a certain level. Um, you have to think about what's next because I don't, I, I can't physically do this for the rest of my life. And yeah. so it's like, how do I take this skill set and leverage everything I've been able to do? You know, like I think girls, young girls all across America and maybe even globally, hopefully, would love to to be dressed by the person who dressed Ariana Grande yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, Zendaya and, and me taking that and giving them a little piece of that dream and that fantasy. Yeah, I think you have this system now where you're dressing one woman at a time, as it were, and that ripples out. Mm-hmm. But now but you mm-hmm. can you can start the ripple. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time, like, I even say it to I'm like, I'm for the people. Yeah. Like... Don't put me on a pedestal and and perch me up somewhere and you know I I want to be there I want to yeah. be in it you know I think I think you can only be great as long as you stay in it that's how you stay relevant you yeah. know I go and walk down the street and I go to Target and I just watch and yeah. see what the girls are doing and 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 be inspired by the women and I want to dress I want to dress all of them I want to feel that yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i love that i don't yeah. I, I just don't think you'd be where you are today if you just put pretty girls in pretty dresses it's so boring i say that all the time sometimes you got to put the pretty girl in an ugly dress too right <laughs> <laughs> uh, on yeah. that note yeah thank you for joining me oh, thank you for having today me today on the podcast this was great it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you so much thank you for listening to behind the boss with your host that's me raven smith If you want to find out more about what it takes to be a boss and the stories behind the inspirational figures of today, make sure to tune in.